I'm Vince Roca. Did he say Venti Mocha? <laughs> I'm Martin Bailey. And you're listening to Convinced with special guest Michael Hutchinson. Standing in for Michael Hutchinson is special guest Martin Bailey. Yay. To talk about movies. So the uh, the Golden Globes were last night. Yes, and I guess somebody didn't watch it. I did not watch it. I don't watch them anymore. I don't watch the Globes. I, I, I uh, record the Oscars and watch the Oscars on Fast Forward. Um, the Globes I haven't watched in probably 10 years oh, because well. I, 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 like not, it I like it because they're just kind of they're It's a little looser than the Academy Awards. The Academy Awards is a pretty stressful night. Golden Globes, everybody's sitting in the Beverly Hilton Hotel. They're getting drunk. They're all kind of goofy. Um, it was actually kind of uh, weird last night. There was a, it was pretty rude. People talking through the entire event. You could hear people talking while people are getting awards and while people are even announcing movies. And uh, does some the booze fro- flow not freely? Boo- not really booze. It was just people talking. You know, you just in there. And you're like, this is a live show. Shut right. the fuck up. And now people were still talking and so you know, even- doing business and all that kind of stuff. Like, who God only knows what they're talking about. But be, you know. Uh, big people are on stage announcing a movie or announcing the winners or whatever, and and you just you hear people in the background. And you're like, unbelievable. And my mom was a teacher for over forty years, and she was even like, these people are worse than teachers at a convention because uh, teachers won't even shut up, even though they tell their students to shut up all the time. They don't shut up when they get together. And uh, she even said that twice. Uh, yes, it's kind of in my household when it comes to award shows. Um, hence, you know, my dad's an actor. Uh, we do tend to watch the Golden Globes and or the Oscars all together, um, go over things. Uh, people in my family, of course, don't watch most of these movies. So most of the time they're asking me or asking my dad anyway, you know, who are these people and what's this movie about? Should I watch this movie? Blah, 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 that kind of thing. And, and then, of course, my sister and my niece wasn't there last night, but my sister and niece are always talking about, you know, fashion and hair and all that crap. And it, it, that always makes me kind of laugh. But um you know, it's it's always interesting. It's it's one of those like uh, it's not a family event, but it's the semi annual family event kind of thing. So the people in the in attendance didn't yeah. care about the show. So no. why should I? Exactly. So I mean, and Ricky Gervais. Yeah, Ricky Gervais made about fifteen jokes about it in you know throughout the entire event. It's like nobody cares. Nobody cares. apparently you know, even if you win, he said something to uh, uh, Mel Gibson. Oh, a couple things to Mel. What did he, he said? Something that was not safe for work or something. I don't know. There, I saw no, I some. I don't even highlight. really remember. All right, it, not that it was important. just he was just Ricky again was just kind of ruthless and kind of silly. It, it, it's you know Tina Fey and Amy made it fun. La, you know the last two years um, was Ricky the host? Yeah, Ricky oh. was the host. Yeah, that so, would have turned me off even further. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was just kind of and, and it's like I I enjoy him, but three hours of it with him coming in with those little snarky remarks. Yeah, I don't not you know it. it I don't old. hate him, but no. I find him to uh, yet to be mean. Yeah, it, it got old, and he and he was. Uh, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be like uh, quaint British humor, and yeah. just oh, no, it's, no, it's okay yeah. for him. They're Brit, and anything they say is nice. And yeah. now I, I, I think it's just mean spirit. Yeah, he uh, is more on the mean side, as opposed to like uh, uh, Amy Schuler. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Amy Schumer. Yeah, Schumer. Yeah, um, Amy Schumer. Who you know, she'll say. I guess she'll say mean shit or rude shit, but it's. It seems jokingly. Yeah, it's it's Where more. Ricky it's, Gervais seems like a bully. Seems yeah, mean. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Amy is more uh, kind of just uh, rude and raunchy and silly. So it's like even if she says something and you're like, oh my god, I can't believe she said that. You're like, well, 
you know, whatever. It kind of right. just goes over your head. And I would say 50% of the stuff that Ricky said last night, you're just like, wow, that mm-hmm. was, that was uh, kind of, wow, okay. There's and a- even like the audience is just like, whoa, did he actually say that? And you're like, yeah, it's Ricky Gervais with beer. And of course he's going to say it. So Now there was some yeah. other moment of the night between uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Lady Gaga. It, it was which which I didn't really understand. It was there's a picture I saw on Yahoo and all over the place. It's like Lady Gaga was just trying to get to the stage. Uh-huh. So I don't know if that's the picture. And scared Leonardo yeah, or something? Because like the way he was, it, it was so fun. Well, this is the complete and total disrespect that Leonardo always has received in any event like this. Um, the where he was sitting at the table, you actually had to walk around him to get to the stage. Uh-huh. So every single person that won an award had to go by Leo. Uh-huh. And so sometimes he was just sitting there. And then all of a sudden he's like bumped or pushed or somebody like taps him on the back, <laughs> you know, one of those kind of things. And you're just like, really? Why don't you just get up and move? And it's like, whatever, you know, he's, you know, he's being a very considerate person. But I guess when Lady Gaga went by, she was really nervous and she was walking and she was kind of bumping into people. And um, so it was one of those like a jerk reaction kind of thing. And it was mm. like a perfect camera, you know, picture of Leo, like, looking up, like, oh, my God, you know, it's Lady Gaga, or, you know, who knows. Uh, so nominees for Best Motion Picture Drama were Carol, Mad Max, The Revenant, Room, and Spotlight. I know that you were pulling for Mad Max. Yeah, but and, I knew Mad Max wouldn't win. And the winner was The uh, Revenant. The Revenant. Yeah. Yeah. And Which is good. You, have you seen I it? seen it? I have not seen it yet. Yeah, okay. I wanted to actually see it in a big theater. Shot with available light. Yeah. And apparently the bear mauling scene is incredible. Uh, I've heard the bear scene and, you know, him getting a horse to stay warm and to, you know, oh, sort of survive. Even... And, um, there's a lot of gore. There's a lot of violence. So I definitely have to see it. And, uh, I have to see it. I'm, I'm still a movie nerd. Uh, there's only so much I can watch on a TV. I don't care the size of the screen. I have to see it in a big screen. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely one that I have to go actually find a good theater with good sound and we'll see it. Cause I, I've heard, like you said, it's shot with uh, real light. So there's. I don't want to go see it on a crappy, you know, screen somewhere, you know. So sorry, AMC or Regal, but I'm not going to see it in your guys. It'll be ArcLight or some really fancy, very expensive. You I'll, know, I'll uh, see it in my home theater. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't, I won't go out. Yeah, you don't even and care. Say, it does. I mean, it looks. I, I gotta say, the only thing that interests me in it is that it was shot with available light, and that I like. I typically like DiCaprio movies. Yeah. But other than that, I don't know what the hell the movie is about. A guy in a forest. I don't think, I don't think and, really anybody does. It's, a, it's I don't know. And, we and, that's, just, and that's the other good thing. Like, you know, we didn't know what Big Short was until you actually watched it. Right. So I think it's one of those kind of years. There's certain movies out that you're like, Mad Max, you know what that's about. Trumbo, you should know what that's about. You know, and Spotlight, you know, you should know what that's about. And then there's like a handful of movies. You're like, what the hell is what the hell is Trainwreck? What the hell is The Revenant? Is train wreck? Huh? Uh, speaking of no. Trainwreck, best motion picture, musical or comedy? Yeah. Uh, so here's the list of musicals: The Big Short, Joy, The Martian, Spy, and Trainwreck. Not a single so musical. Co- so, there. Of, so of course the mo- the movie that was not a musical or comedy won last night. So the, the Golden Martian, Globes are yeah. right on right on top of uh, things uh, in 2016. I recall a couple of chuckles during. Oh that no, movie, absolutely. But uh, Matt Damon threw out some chuckles, but I can't even too... remotely say that that was a comedy. No. So no. the category re- should be best motion picture that isn't a drama. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or actually, it is a drama. It's a sci-fi drama. It's right? a sci-fi drama. So, and even we're just really Scott. I mean, the whole production uh, crew or whatever, you know, went up to accept the award. But really, Scott, actually, the director, uh, did the speech, and he even said twice. He's like, musical, comedy, 
was there comedy? And he looked over at Matt and he's like, I guess Matt said a couple things funny, but anyway. And, I wouldn't and even... he just went on with this speech that nobody really cared about. I love Ridley Scott, but it was just like, he's thanking people you don't really care about and saying I, things, you know, whatever. I wouldn't even have said that the Big Short was a uh, No, comedy. Big Short wasn't even a comedy. I mean, it had comedic scenes, I guess, or <clears throat> sequences. But at the same time, even those, to me, and, and it goes back to my uh, love of horror and uh, love of... Uh, sometimes you want to you know be the sick and twisted person where people are laughing you know it's the cat and mouse you know the cat and mouse Mm -hmm. it's you know people are laughing at other people's expense and so a lot of the the comedy in big short you sit there and you giggle at this stuff and then you think about 30 seconds later like oh shit you know they're laughing at other people's problems or other people are being kicked out of their house or oh my god we just stole two billion dollars from some company (laughs) ha 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 and it's funny at the time, and then you're like, you think about it, and you're like, oh my god, these people are scum. I mean, this is like scum of the earth because they're literally stealing and just taking money. And yeah, it's not really funny after you know after you really watch it and after you really go through that movie, you're like, wow, you know, Steve Carell, you know, he's you know these people are kind of scummy. Well, I mean, they so didn't... it's not much of a comedy. So in the sense, it is a drama. Uh, um, maybe maybe it's the wrong stance to take of humanizing those people, but it's not like they <laughs> yeah. set out from the get-go to destroy the American economy. It was each person set out to make money on their own. And oh, no, absolutely. On, greedy on their own. Absolutely. Like, they did not... No one no one wanted the collapse to happen and the housing market to collapse. Well, except for, actually, our heroes in the big short who were betting against it and are betting for it. They wanted yeah. to collapse. Yeah. Really, all the people who were responsible for its collapse didn't want it to collapse. Yeah. They'd be happy if, you know, a, a home in Los Angeles was, or whatever, in this neighborhood was $80 million today. Yeah. And you buy it for 80 and tomorrow you sell it for 90 And yeah. then, you know, they, they'd be happy with the economy going that way, which there was no way that it was going to, but... Uh, best actor actor in a drama: um, Brian Cranston, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Michael Fassbender for Steve Jobs. Cranston was for Trombo, Eddie Redmayne for yeah. The Danish Girl, and Will Smith for Concussion. Um, first off, what the fuck is Concussion? That's the NFL movie. Has it's, that been released? It's been released. I think it's on the limited thing. Yeah, I don't think it's going to come out until after the NFL. Okay, because is I, over with because the NFL has really attacked the movie. So the movie company doesn't want the movie. Honestly, uh, they so they waited until after Super Bowl to release. The yeah, movie? they've actually invited NFL players, personnel of all kinds. They can see it free at these movie locations, and they still won't even go. The winner was DiCaprio. I'm sure you were pulling for Brian Cranston in your house. No, I, I actually want Leo. I mean i i still I still think Leonardo. Well, Brian's a you know a friend of your father. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, when it comes to friends and stuff, it was just funny. You know, you sit there and and it's like you go around the room and my dad is just sitting there, you know, talking about the, you know he knows John Hamm and he won for Mad Men yet again. And oh, was, spoiler! We haven't even gotten there yet. Yeah, well, but as you <laughs> just sit there and you're just like, seriously? I mean, some of these awards and some of this stuff, you're just like, oh, come on, please, nobody watch that show. How on earth? Does he get yet another award? And then you kind of just, you know, it's an award show. So it's I, an award show. So it was John Hamm's last year. Um, I, uh, I do. Did you watch Mad Men? I binged watched Mad Men and went through the whole thing. And when it was over, I honestly didn't give a shit about one minute of it. I made fun. I, like I, I watch it. And I'm like, this is interesting. It's uh, it's a sh- you know, it's I'm glad that, you know, four four or five people out there really enjoyed it because that was their ratings. Uh-huh. Somehow it was still on the air. 
And I was like, okay, whatever. I and, made it like five episodes in, and I was like, this is a show about assholes. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and absolutely. They weren't you're supposed the to care fun about kind of assholes. Yeah. You're supposed to care about these people, and I, I was actually kind of shocked. I mean, see, in Breaking Bad, same same network, AMC, not a show about assholes. No, no, no. no. <laughs> but like in Breaking Bad, you're rooting for somebody, but the arc and there's actually character. You're rooting between, for the bad guy. Yeah, and by the end of the series, by you know season four or five. You're on board and you're rooting for the asshole, the bad guy, you know, the quote unquote bad guy. Um, with Mad Men, I was like, I wasn't rooting for anybody. I didn't care about anybody. I was just sitting there watching what are they going to do next to each other? Mm-hmm. What horrible thing are they going to do? What horrible thing are they going to say? You know, how are they going to get screwed over? So that kind of stuff. I mean, again, it was interesting. It was a soap opera uh, ish. Um, it, it, it was all I can say is that I wasn't really intrigued. I was just interested each episode, and that's why I kept watching it. And I was like, hmm, okay, but no, not to watch it again. No, I, I just wouldn't care. For Speaking of uh, binge and, and interesting, uh, are you watching Making a Murder on Netflix? No, not yet. No, oh, okay. I, yeah, I, I definitely need to get on top of that. That I, I, yet again, when there's a box of movies, it's it takes a while to I, go through. Yeah, it I was. Know. It's uh, our friend, uh, our friend Michael, the usual uh, guest on the show. Uh, he watched it. Another friend of mine, Sam, watched it. Uh, a bunch of colleagues in the industry watched it, and so everybody's telling me to watch it. So I'm now on episode four. Mm. Uh, I could really just care less. Mm. Like the some shows are. I don't know. Yeah, I don't understand. Like it seems to have captivated Hollywood. Like. They never knew that there was police corruption before, and that's uh, still new to a lot of people. For for some reason, I still don't it, understand. In today's day and age yeah. of Facebook, and I, how, I mean, it, every week, either some Muslim, some black guy, or you know, is is being uh, victimized, uh, or victimized. Killed. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> victimized or killed by the LAP. Well, by any police department, yeah. Chicago PD. Um, in this case, he's not killed; he's framed. But and it, I mean, that part is interesting. But I'm not like gripped to right. the show, just going. Some oh people are my going crazy god, about, yeah. the injustice! Like before I started watching the show, when uh, Michael was telling me about it, uh, I was like, "There's uh, first off, uh, this can't." I mean, people are watching it and thinking, "Oh, this can happen to me. I can be framed for murder." Um, for the most part, no. Yeah. You know, you you don't live on a salvage yard, salvage yard with an IQ of 70 and your girlfriend isn't in jail for seven months for a DUI. Like these people are mm. the lower crust of society. Right. They Framing you for murder isn't as easy as framing one of these people for no. murder. So, uh, I, I mean, sure, I guess it could happen, but it's pretty fucking far-fetched to yeah. try and frame you or I for murder. So I don't watch it with the same horror going, oh, my God, this can happen to right. me. Um, you I, know, I, th- I, 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 haven't, I haven't seen it, but I think uh, when it comes down to it, it's district attorneys and police, if they're, if they're eyeing you, if they, like, if, you, you know, if they came by and they're like, yes, this could be a guilty person, and they start going through that motion where it's like, yep, they're pinpointing it on you. It can be very scary, and it has happened to a, obviously a lot of yeah. innocent people. Yeah, and then you kind of look at a lot of these shows, and you're like, "Well, this is pretty sketchy." Not to say that this, you know, I, you know, not this particular show, but sometimes you're like, "Oh, that's you know, the cops don't like this person; they're going to go after him." Yeah, and sometimes they can do things without "quote unquote" framing or setting up. It's just like, "Well, that guy." You know. Anyway, yeah. back back yeah. to the uh, Globes. 
uh, Best Actress uh, for a Drama was uh, Kate Blanchett for Carol, Brie Larson for Room, Rooney Mara for Carol, uh, Saroyce Ronan for Brooklyn, Alicia yeah. Vikander for The Danish Girl. The only movie that I saw in that group is Room. And I have and a feeling that's – huh? And she won. So and she, oh, actually, go. I saw Room and Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, there was there was no big deal about Brooklyn. That shouldn't even be nominated. Um, that movie is – it's about a foreign girl mm-hmm. in yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, exactly. I, I even wow. see, never, I even never see, experienced that before. I even see the trailers and I've looked at the, the YouTube thing or the I IMDb mean, thing and you're just in there like, yeah, it, it's in a list. It's it, in a group of movies. Like, seriously, I have two boxes of movies and that's in the box of like, I'll get to it someday. Yeah, and, it's an okay movie to watch, but yeah, you'll never, you'll watch it once and never yeah. again. And and you could certainly go through life without watching it. Yeah. Like it's, you're not, your eyes aren't open to anything. Yeah. And, and, and when it comes to Carol, it's just like, I, I, Kate Blanchett is easily one of the best actresses in our lifetime. And that movie, I could care less. I, like, I watched it. Um, and at the end, you're just like, okay, it very eerily similar. We've talked about this before off the, off the air. Eerily similar to Brokeback Mountain. So you have two A-list, 20 to $30 million a movie actresses that fall in love. I mean, it's literally just like Brokeback Mountain. So at the end of the movie, I don't really care. Oh, Carol is lesbian sex? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they, she falls in love with Rumi Mara. So it's, is, it, is it like the good lesbian sex, like no, uh, Blue is the Warmest no, Color? No, this is like the 50s, and it's you know it's hush-hush. And Did you ever watch Blue is the Warmest Color? A long time ago. I, uh, I finally got to it this past year, and uh, it, it, we you had gotten it as a screener a long yeah. time ago, and I never watched it. Um, uncomfortable lesbian oh, sex. Oh, no, no, no. This Those like sex your... scenes are so long oh. and just, uh, I mean, you know, they're supposed to be romantic. Yeah. But even a, a Hollywood movie with, uh, you know, sex between a straight couple does not last right. that long. Like, it's on it's on screen, like you're sitting there watching Fluids of Warmest Color, and you're like, hey, this is kind of exciting. Right. And it just keeps going, and I'm like, am I am yeah. I watching porn? Yeah, like, exactly. this is not... Yeah, there should have been a cut. Wasn't this, is, what I, yeah. <laughs> this wasn't no. what I invested in. I just... Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I mean, unfortunately... Not unfortunately, to scratch that word. With Carol, uh, there are scenes like that, but it's... Um, yeah, it's you watch the whole movie and then you get to the end. You're like, really? This is the end? Okay. Great music. Um, very well made. Very well acted. Not a care in the world at the end. It's, it's one of those movies I, I will, I will guarantee you, I will never see the movie again. Uh, best actress, motion picture, musical or comedy. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence for Joy. Melissa McCarthy for Spy. Amy Schumer. For Trainwreck, Maggie Smith, The Lady in the Van, and Lily Tomlin for Grandma. Uh, I've only seen Trainwreck and Spy. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, you knew Jennifer Lawrence was going to win. I mean, that that was a no-brainer. Why do you say that? Because they love her. The Hollywood Foreign Press or whatever. Yeah, what exactly is the Hollywood Foreign Press? Because Hollywood's in California. The Hollywood Foreign Press. It's not exactly foreign. The Hollywood Foreign Press. My dad has even tried to explain it to me. It's it's quite literally. Uh, the papers, it's the BBC, it's it's papers, newspapers, uh, online uh, folk, and uh, people of the press. And they don't even really need hardcore movie credentials. So it's, sometimes it's people that just work for the news or ah. work for some organization. And they're put into a bubble that votes for this award show. So, and then you just sit there and you're like, okay, 
that, that another reason make, why I don't care about. The yeah, it, it really doesn't make much sense. It's one of those things you really uh, there's you know some it's it, some years there's a couple hundred of them. Some years there's only like fifty or sixty of them. So you you kind of just sit there and again like Vince and I are going through this huge box of movies and. There's literally 80, I think 85 movies up for awards, and I've gotten to about 20 of them. So you just sit there and you're like, do these people honestly sit there and watch? No, they don't sit there and watch uh, all the movies. They will go through the pile of Especially with what's their really pop- of making a murder. Yeah, but what's, <laughs> yeah, but what's really popular, who's really popular. Um, I guarantee you half the people in the foreign press did not see Trainwreck. Um, there, there's a handful of movies. You just know they didn't care to see it, and they, you know. They weren't paid to see it, and yes, that actually does happen. Um, so yeah, it just—it's it, a very bizarre award show. People go apeshit over it, and you just sit there. And if you really look at the rules and regulations, it's uh, yeah, I'm in the press, and okay, cool, I get some free movies, and I'm going to vote on it. That's right. about as far as it goes. Well, that happens with the Oscars. Too. Well, the Oscars—I mean, it, at least to get the nominations, you actually have to be in a union, and you, you, writers only vote on the writers. Actors only vote right. on this until the full nomination list. And when the full nomination list comes in, then you vote on everything. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're an editor. It, uh, Vince actually edits stuff. If he was to vote on the Oscars, he would literally only vote on editing and maybe lighting, you know, a handful of, right. of special technical. you know, technical awards. Um, but he wouldn't be able to vote on everything until people were nominated. The Hollywood Foreign Press is just like, well, okay, cool. Um, we're going to just vote. We're just going to vote on whatever we really like. So best supporting actor. Um, I guess this is also musical or comedy. It doesn't say, but it also doesn't say drama. Maybe it's just in general. So I, think, had, I think those are in general. So they had a the best supporting. actress for musical or comedy. Yeah. And I think the supporting it. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Yeah. Well, what? So we, oh, I see. We had best actress for drama, best. All right, we already went through those. See, that's how quickly I forgot. <laughs> exactly. Uh, best supporting actor is just yeah. in general. Paul Dano, Love and Mercy. Uh, you know what? Uh, nobody's going to know who any of these are except for the winner. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone for Creed. Yeah. Um, and it was an interesting special moment for him. I mean, he, this is an actor that's been around. He's been doing stuff since the seventies. Italian Stallion. His yeah. first movie was a porno. Sort yeah, exactly. Of. But uh, he's literally been around for forty something years. He has made almost more money than anybody else in the room, and this was like his second award. Not more than Harrison Ford, if he was. No, in no, the no, room. no. Yeah, Harrison Ford was there. I said almost, almost. <laughs> Jesus Christ! What is well, he like? He's I mean, eighty years old, and he's now the highest paid actor ever, ever. in Hollywood. <laughs> but uh, you just sit there and you're like. People, it's very easy to make fun of Rambo and Rocky and a handful of his movies, and yet you you can't make fun of the the money he's made. You just sit there and you're like, oh well, Rocky, oh he's dumb, he's this that, and you're like, this was like what the ninth movie in the Rocky world, and it's made two or three billion dollars. Yeah, you know, in Rambo, it's like, wow, there's four of them. They made two or three billion dollars. So and, you can make fun of them, but everybody loves Stallone, and everybody likes Stallone. And then it comes to the award shows. And he's never really, you know, it's right. been Rocky <laughs> back in 77 and this. Right. He's never gotten anything in between. Right. He became so. a joke and uh, his career stalled for two decades. Oh, God, yeah. Um, so talk about a comeback. Yeah. And when it when he was making the comeback, everybody was laughing at yeah. a new Rocky movie, a, uh, a new First Blood, a new Rambo movie. And uh, then his idea behind the Expendables, they were all laughable and yeah. a joke. 
Uh, and he had but, it just sits there and makes pure money. Yeah, the Expendables, just, you know, yeah. skyrocketed. the other one. Three of and them. And the Expendables is like an independent film. Yeah. It's like it's, it's his money. Yeah, it's he, his money. He literally just own. went to his friends and said, let's go make a movie and blow shit up. And they said, yeah, cool. Well, let's get a script together. And he's like, really? Okay. And boom, you just sit there. And it's like, I haven't seen any of them. But a lot oh, really? of people. They're yeah, fun. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, they're fun. They're this. Yeah, they're, they're popcorn fun. movies. And there you go. Another almost billion dollars, you know, back into his, you know, his name. And it's uh, it's rather amazing. It, it was pretty neat last night. I mean, I it, it was it was uh, it was it was a moment. It was like one of those moments in a award show where, wow, people were standing up and you're like, well, oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, supporting actress uh, Jane Fonda for Youth, Jennifer Jason Leigh for The Hateful Eight. She was phenomenal as that. Uh, Heron Mirren for Trombo. Kate Winslet for Steve Jobs and Alicia Vikander for X Men Sheena. Uh, winner was Kate Winslet for Steve Jobs, which she was great. Uh, the yeah, two- she was still shocked, and she she had no the- even like in her speech. I mean, it was like another one of those speeches like she never thought that she would win, and it was going to go to you know uh, Jane Fonda or you know somebody. Yeah, and I, I so- haven't seen Youth. Um, I've seen everything else in that list, and. Uh, Kate Winslet, was, Steve Jobs not being a very good movie, but her and Seth Rogen were phenomenal yeah. in it. Um, I need to go back and watch the full movie for no certain don't. things like that. No, you don't. But no, no, I mean, I don't. It, there's no, I don't, I don't need to go see it this afternoon. But uh, it, it's it's one of those things. It's like I like these people. You know, I will eventually probably see the whole thing. I gave it twenty minutes. I gave it my twenty minute. You know, fifteen to twenty minutes. And I literally did not care. And I was actually in shock um, at all the talking. And I'm like, I love Aaron Sork. And I think he's written some incredible shows and incredible movies. And in the first 20 minutes, he had enough. Di- I think there's enough dialogue for five movies already. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, I can't watch this anymore. I just I, I was like, I was like looking at the screen and I was just shaking my head. I'm like, these poor actors, these poor people, these poor editors and these poor you know whoever's direct you know and i love danny boyle i'm like oh my god these people have to like stand there and talk for you know five minutes straight just Mm -hmm. talking and there's like no breaks there's no nothing there's no action and i was just like i can't handle it so i might go back and watch it someday i don't know but uh i was you know i was i was was not in shock that kate winslet won again the foreign press kate winslet is you know she's a goddess over there Mm -hmm. i mean quite literally she and jennifer lawrence it's both of them i mean they're as they say, they can do no wrong. And here you go. A movie that nobody saw. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee was outstanding in the hateful eight. I know you haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. And um, I love Jason Jennifer Jason Lee. I've liked her all, you know, since fast times at Ridgemont high. I've always liked her. And her career has, you know, stalled as well. God, she's uh, been up and down. You know, all over while the place. I was watching yeah. it with the wife, uh, she, she has a pretty gnarly role in the movie. And, uh, my wife was like, Oh God, I, what a, it must be awful to have to do that part. And I'm like, are you kidding? She's swimming in this. This oh, yeah. is, she's the center of attention. She's, this is the greatest thing for her career right now. Uh, and maybe, uh, maybe Quentin can revive her career. Yeah. Like he has for us. Again, I don't know. I don't really quite under, that's one of those actresses I don't understand. Uh, cause she's done some really good, interesting roles and. Um, well, it's like right now with no. Anne Hathaway, uh, you're, you're attractive, but you're not hot. Right. You're, you're yeah, there's, and, some, yeah, there's and, something there. And spoke about this uh, recently mm. that she was no longer the hot actress. She was no longer the cute actress. And she wasn't yet like the old actress. Right. 
So you end up in this weird yeah, void. There's a void. There's where, definitely uh, like, uh, you know, like Jennifer Jason Lee, like the dirty dancing girl. Um, the only one who, well, I guess there's only a couple that have managed to make it through. Julia Roberts, what comes to mind, mm-hmm. and uh, but mainly Sandra Bullock, who's yeah. managed to right. always be every few years there's hot, something cute yeah. um, mm-hmm. in her movies, and I think that has a lot to do with her embracing the rom com. Yeah, like absolutely. she she did. There wasn't a point where she turned her nose up to it and was like, "No, I'm only a serious yeah. actress." Uh, it doesn't seem that way anyway. Right. Um, but I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Maybe, no, absolutely. Maybe there, she I mean, tried. Is, I, I recently there is, heard, a big, there is a big void, and there is a big void in in actresses uh, working anyway. And uh, it, they get know. to this useless age, yeah. this middle useless age that yeah. Hollywood doesn't have a use for them. And um, it's like uh, Julianne Moore. I, I love Julianne oh, Moore. God, I love. Julianne. No, I love Julianne Moore. But there was a time just recently in the last. I would say like 2003, 2004, where she she was in like seven movies in one year mm-hmm. and she was nominated for like, and you just sit there and you're like, oh my God, why? And then you're like, oh, she's hitting that peak, that age right. where literally for like the next 10 years, she might be in two things yeah, because of her age. So she's right there. And I think that's what happened to Jennifer, you know, several actresses, unfortunately. I mean, the, happens to actresses yeah. all the time, not so much uh, actors, but a handful of actors here and there. Sometimes you don't see them for a few years. A lot of actors, you know. a lot of male actors simply don't work because there's just an abundance of yeah. them. So it's not that they're... But somebody gets hot and they're like, oh, we want Tim. Sure. You want and someone the hot person. you're because you're like, well, I could do that too. And you're like, no, but he's... Of course, male actors tend to start making uh, racial remarks and fall out of grace. Shit. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, they'll, they'll do stupid things and screw their lives up. But yeah. uh, best director, uh, Carol... Uh, the Revenant, Spotlight. I can't even pronounce the guy's name for The Revenant. Spotlight, Mad Max, which was George Miller and the Martian, or Ridley Scott for The Martian, and the winner was Alejandro. The Revenant. Alejandro yeah. Gonzalez, yeah. Inarati. Well, he did Gravity. He's done this. I mean, he's done some. Pretty, oh, that's who that is. Yeah, he's done Gravity some pretty, was insanely awesome. Yeah, he's done some pretty incredible, uh, techno, uh, technologically advanced uh filmmaking because gravity it's like you watch gravity and i didn't realize it was the same guy who did gravity yeah. now but it's the same it's the same team it's the almost the entire same team which is funny because he did have a why change well no but he had a digital crew and a, visu- a visual effects crew with gravity and they were supposedly on set you know at the revenant and they were all kind of just like let go because they they tried so many things and eventually they're like screw it we can't fake we can't fudge the light we can't fudge these scenes we can't add or subtract from this stuff we want real we want leo to walk through this field with this light and so like a lot of these digital people a lot of these visual effects people are kind of sitting in limbo and uh you know it, it's nice of him to keep them on staff but you know they had like nothing to do so uh i, I think i mean he thanked a lot of them last night in the speech which was you know really nice um but yeah, it was it was interesting. Speaking of working with the same team, do you remember this little movie that came out a while ago called Avatar? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> As we're now, the hot topic is when will Star Wars: The Force Awakens beat Avatar, yeah. which is still a ways away. But um, Avatar, I read an article about how Avatar became a sensation. Everybody like was into it. Everybody had seen it. It was the biggest thing ever. Uh, yet it garnered zero following. No one cosplays it. No one cares oh, yeah, yeah. about it. Yeah. Uh, no one is looking forward to the next installment. I looked. Part two comes out December 2017. Yeah. We are still two years away two from years. part two. 
Well, eight idea. years, yeah. eight years to make part two. Yeah, eight years from part one to well, make. Because James two. Cameron, he you know he went on that he went on it's those crazy. underwater sea dive you know thing, and that's he was really trying to save the oceans, and he went on a, a little. <laughs> He went a little crazy after Titanic and after Avatar is like, you know, saving the ocean and and doing a lot of interesting, weird things that rich be like uh, the guy from Virgin Air, you know, uh, Richard. Richard Branson. It's like, you know, when you're a, a cabillionaire. Right. Sometimes things just don't. Why couldn't you. he be more like Sean Penn? You know, you just get in and get out, catch El Chapo. You know, you're done pretty quickly. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, be, you, you could, you could, and should. But um, I heard the leader, is, leader of ISIS canceled their meeting with Sean Penn. He, he probably should. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's really it's really strange when it, to to think that you make uh, two of the biggest movies of all time, but then like the time between them, you know. Now you're trying to like you, you talk about a sequel that night, you know, at the Oscars. He they, they were or, you know the people were talking about Avatar two and oh, made make, so much money. You're just like oh we're going to make Avatar two and three at the same time and you know it's going to be these two big summer events and you're like oh, okay cool when well we're not sure and now it's eight years yeah crazy you know well, it's going like, to be wow years, you know what are they doing that's so new and I, again it's probably going to be one of those movies uh, a shitload of people go see it the first few weekends so it better be pretty good otherwise. Yeah, they just wasted eight years. Best screenplay, uh, Room, Spotlight, The Big Short, uh, Quentin Tarantino for Hateful Eight, and Aaron Sorkin, the winner for Steve Jobs. Still don't get that one at all. Yeah, again, I didn't see it. I didn't. I, I didn't see the whole movie. Um, the I dialogue. The, if this was best dialogue as opposed to best screenplay, like mm. Aaron Sorkin's dialogue yeah. is always awesome. Always, yeah, and uh, even when he was like coked out, couldn't even move, doing West Wing and. You know, doing a couple of the other shows where they literally didn't want to work with him. Um, the dialogue was still it's like some of the best on television ever. Yeah. You know, and like the newsroom, politically speaking, whatever side you're on or whatever your thoughts are, some of the dialogue in that show is is just un- it's unbeatable. It's unbelievable for television. But then problem is screenplay wise, as yeah. far as an overall story goes uh, for two hours, this is there for two hours. Um, I don't know. The Big Short was pretty damn good, and uh, the Big Short was a great. Sc- well, yeah. I, I don't know what the screenplay actually looked like. The final yeah. movie is fantastic. Uh, Adam McKay was wrote and director was one of the writers and directed it. Um, so I got to think that uh, the screenplay probably was pretty good. Uh, Tarantino, Hateful Eight. Tarantino's yeah. screenplays are always He's always phenomenal. Yeah. You, I'm sure you can. He always I haven't works looked, but you can usually always download those those yeah. screenplays. Um, I mean, he's working. He's supposedly he's working like two ideas right now, and you know, it's he he sits there and he works on them for two or three years, and you know, by the time they go to film, it's they're pretty damn solid anyway, and uh, he's working on them right there while they're filming to make it even better. So each scene, each sequence, or whatever, he wants to top it. Now, the Hateful Eight, I had heard a lot of people. I was the I watched it here. It was like three, just under three hours. Yeah. Uh, they did have break for an intermission after chapter four. It's broken up into chapters like clerks. Um, and, you know, you go to a black screen and whenever it's the next chapter of the book. Uh, when they come back from intermission, Tarantino uh, narrates mm. to bring you back up to speed. That's like what's That's going on. That's good. Uh, although on DVD, the intermission is just a, a yeah. second. It's just a blink of an eye. Um, the... Uh, a lot of people had I read online taking issue with uh, the racial remarks. Yeah, which the, is so bizarre. Yeah, I thought it was very bizarre too because Django Unchained yeah. is about slaves yeah. and people's attitude toward that. 
The hateful eight is not. Mm-hmm. They use the N word. I don't. I think they use it more in in Django. I don't. I, right. I don't think. I didn't feel like it was excess, success, uh, excessive, but I'm also not that sensitive to it. But the N word is the worst word in the English language. Uh, so I think you everybody everybody's in, sensitive to it. Yeah, yeah you, can, like, you can you hear can hear quiet a room. Yeah, it's like in Django. It's like you could you could sit there and watch these fantastic scenes and everything, and then all of a sudden the N word pops in, and, and the dialogue keeps going. And even you're watching this, and you're like, oh. And you what did he like, just say? Did he just yeah. say that? You're I'm like, sorry, you kind of like you just like you glance, yeah, yeah. Because it's you know even even when black people say it in the movie in Django, when Sam Jackson says it like forty thousand times, it even makes you kind of just like, oh come on, you know, just like ooh, that's. It's still a word that, you know, it, it yeah, it hurts, you know, and, and a lot of my friends uh, don't like it at all. They won't even watch things or they won't even deal with things. Mm. Uh, some of my friends stopped Django and I was just like, well, see, hateful you shouldn't really stop Django. Authentic. But, uh, yeah. If they hadn't used the N word, it would have been weird. Right. Uh, just given the, the time period that the movie takes place. I actually... I felt, and of course I didn't live during this time, but I, I, I mean, knowing that up to the 50s, uh, everything that was happening in America that still existed toward black people, 60s, Selma and all that sort of stuff, uh, you know, women not being able to vote, just overall prejudices, prejudices by people, uh, I would have expected more people back in the time that Hateful Eight takes place to not really like black people. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there are clearly a few in the room around Sam Jackson who do like him or do not have a problem with him. Uh, it takes time. It takes place during this time when you know the the North and South had fought. So obviously if you fought for the North, then you were you were partial. You liked black people more than if you fought for the South. Right. Um but still I But even then you were still going for equality. You weren't really Rooting for the black person, right. it was we're all humans, we're all Americans. It's like today, and, today's day and age. Yeah. I didn't go out and fight for gays' rights to, uh, you know, to marry, right. but I voted for yeah. them to to marry. But like, I don't. Not? Yeah. It's not like I run around going, "I love gays." Like it didn't. No. Like it's, I don't hate them, I don't love them. They just human. don't really They're care. Humans. They can get married. That's fine They're with me. They're Americans. It doesn't make any sense. So yeah. hateful eight time. I was like, would he really like him, or just be like, whatever? I uh, don't really care. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, I was expecting because people talked about the N word so much that it was like another Django and that it dealt with racial issues. Uh, turns out it has nothing to do with racial issues, uh, and uh, it's like. Reservoir Dogs in the Old West. It was mm. it was uh, it was a good movie. I yeah. is it Qu- Tarantino, is it Tarantino's best? No, I don't know why people would compare it to Django. I mean, his best is Pulp Fiction. I don't think he's ever going to do any better than that. Um, the movie's just become iconic, and it's just insanely fantastic. I like that um, in Glorious Bastards. And Glorious Bastards was yeah. a great movie. I, I thought Django was a good movie. Yeah. I thought uh, um, Reservoir Dogs was a good movie. Yeah. I think Jackie Brown is a piece of shit yeah it's weird and kill bill to me and i love is, true romance i mean he didn't make it but he did he he wrote it and he co-produced it and true romance even there the dialogue and the story is so over the top it's it's a cartoon come to life i mean mm-hmm. it's an amazing film um but yeah it's it, it quentin definitely he stirs the pot and he definitely has 
the people that don't like him or don't care for his movies, they're very loud minority out there. They're he, very He clearly uh, makes what he wants to say. Yeah. And sometimes it's not what I want right. to say. Absolutely. But sometimes it is and yep. you know, he's got good stuff. And yeah, because like stuff, Django, I really cool. enjoy Django, but it's a very, very uh dark movie and it's a long you just sit there and you're like, Man, this is two and a half hours and there's there's nothing really that you could cut out. There's nothing that you could Oh, there could was really more edit. in the script. And the script yeah, was, yeah, I read the script yeah. through it. And it was yeah. the script was way more riveting. Yeah. And there, you know, it's it just a they very, never, very intense, tense movie. We never saw the slaves being sold, which right. in the script would have I didn't I when I was reading the script, I'm like, How the hell is he gonna shoot this? And apparently somebody at some point were like, How the hell are you gonna shoot this? And yeah. they didn't. Because it was a bunch of naked black people. Yeah. Uh, in cages and and on stage being auctioned yeah. off, and it, I mean, talk about grim. It was harsh. Yeah. Uh, and grim. then grim is the word. I mean, there's some uh, Django hits some grim stuff. I mean, it yeah, it's pretty tough to watch. Yeah. Um, let's but see. yeah, I mean, Tarantino has always been even all the way back to Reservoir Dogs. I remember seeing Reservoir Dogs. Uh, word of mouth. You have to see this movie kind of thing. This is back before social media and. It there was, was one no of the, internet. Yeah, there was like nothing. And it was just like word of mouth, like, dude, you have to go. Let's go now. And like your friends would literally get in the car. Let's go see the four o'clock show or the seven o'clock show or, you know, whatever. And uh, so I think that's that and uh, Pulp Fiction and True Romance, you know, they came out so close together. It was just like, whoa, this guy has a voice. And then right, even right away, yet again, before the internet, before uh, any form of social media, he had attackers. He had people going against him. And uh, because of the violence and because of what he was trying to say, you know, it's like, uh, you know, James Gandolfini just literally beats the living shit out of Patricia Arquette and true, true romance. And that even that whole sequence was cut down five or six minutes because James just keeps beating her. And mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, he hates women. And you're like, no, it's 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 a point. It, it's a vivid scene and it's a very intense scene. And. Here we go, all the way to Hateful Eight, and especially Django. Oh, he hates black people. And you're like, how does he hate black people? I don't understand Like people saying that kind of shit. And you're just like, how does he hate black people? He's bringing history to life. And you're like, that doesn't make too much sense. So he definitely has a minority crowd out there that really, really hates him. And they're just very vocal. They're very vocal against him. Uh, best original score went to Hateful Eight, which was a pretty cool score. Um, well, anything with Ennio Morricone, and it's like, and it's original Ennio. It's not because Ennio, he is a film. It's a film harmonic. So sometimes you see, like my favorite movie of all time is John Carpenter's The Thing, and most of the music in that is Ennio. Some of hmm. it's John Carpenter, but most of it's Ennio. And you hear that music, and you're like, holy shit, this guy is just he is in a different world. And Quentin, even though he's a little drunk last night. He is talking about Mozart and Beethoven and, and some of these kind of people, and Ennio is definitely in that world. Sometimes you see a movie, and you can and you can get the soundtrack for Hateful Eight. You can get the soundtrack for some of his other movies, and it just it's mind boggling how unbelievably good the music is, and how uh, just it, it just makes the movie better. Uh, music always, you know, Jaws and Halloween aren't anything without the piano, you know. So even simple music, but you get a big. Philharmonic, you get a big sound like Ennio stuff, and it's just like, holy shit, this is pretty damn intense. It helps the movie, and it did help the movie. It was, it was good. You know. uh, best original song. Um, I can't believe the song from Fifty Shades of Grey did not win. Yeah, it was kind of weird. <laughs> Furious Seven song also didn't win, uh, but it went to a song from Spectre. Well, of course, 
Spectre is James Bond, and why wouldn't you know? Nothing else from James Bond was well, James you know, Bond foreign press. Yeah, I guess James Bond was not voted on this year uh, for Spectre, so they had to give him something. Uh, let's see, because I, I was voting for Fifty Shades of Grey because that was such a great soundtrack and movie. Did you see it? No, I was no. no. I watched no, it. No, you're an idiot. I watched it with the wife. Uh, it's a you're still terrible. Well, it's a horrifically bad book. It, it, some of the some of the if you actually read the book. It doesn't even make sense. Here's the because thing. it's such bad English. It's it's horrible grammar. There's no sense to it whatsoever. And in the movie it doesn't make any sense. Uh I've watched all the Twilight movies with the wife. Oh, well, those are different. And uh there's there's different degrees of amusement for yeah. those. Some really bad, some eh, whatever, watchable. Uh I watched Magic Mike Part One with the mm. wife. Uh that's a, I don't yeah, know if you've seen good. it. Magic yeah. Mike Part One is a good fucking movie. Well, it's, it's actually it's, it's entertaining. It's 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 a true fun, story. It's a true story. Movie. So it's you know. Hello. Uh, I watched uh, I watched Fifty Shades of Grey with the wife, which started as uh, Twilight fan fiction, and thought it was shitty. But the absolute worst piece of shit that I saw was when we and we couldn't finish it. Magic Mike Two. Oh yeah. I don't know. Uh, just couldn't, and I, I think it was nominated for something. Uh, just couldn't get through it. It was so boring. It was so I, bad. Yeah, I didn't care to see it. Um, best foreign language film: uh, the, the Brand New Testament, The Club, The Fencer, Mustang, which I saw, Son of Saul, which we have, but I haven't watched yet. Um, Son of Saul one. Uh, animated film: Anomalisa, which you saw. Uh, Deborah, Deborah, and I saw. Oh, well, I saw pieces of it last night after the Golden Globe. She saw the whole thing. It's Charlie Kaufman's weirdest thing, and that says a lot. <laughs> it's puppets. It's it's uh, puppet animation, and I watched the last twenty or thirty minutes, and it was just like, what the hell is this? And she was like, I sat there and watched the whole thing, and she, I don't even know what the hell I saw. And I'm like, did she it, love it? She liked it, but she doesn't really know what she saw. So it's, many people say that they love it. Yeah. But I think it's – I feel like it's one of those movies where uh, I'm an artsy filmmaker. I'm going to pretend to love it because I know I'm supposed to. Um, <laughs> Some of the people are – yeah, there's definitely a whole group of people. Oh, there's a huge like crowd of that that yeah. is like – you know. They, but Charlie Kaufman, it's like you, if you know anything about Charlie Kaufman and, and his writing and his style, you, you know going in it's, it's going to be off. It's not going to be anything normal. It's not going to be anything that you've seen before. It's not going to be anything close to uh, – what you are know, his other a- films? The ABCs of, you know, anything. What are his other films? I can't think of them right now. There's the the writing one. There's, you know, there's a bunch of them. <laughs> Where, I mean, there's literally Nicholas Cage, he plays the two phases of Kaufman, right? Or the two like he's at adaptation, isn't it? Adaptation is one. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh then did he do Spotless Mind? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he yeah, it's I, I I'm drawing a blank, of course, right now because there's no, there's That's nothing fine. in front of me. But it, it's just he's one of those. You're, you got to be in the mood. Also up was the Good Dinosaur, um, which I heard was good. The Peanuts movie, which I don't think anybody ever saw. Uh, Shaun the Sheep, which is good on the other side of the pond. So you would think that the Hollywood Foreign Press would love it, but the winner was Pixar's Inside Out, which was very good. Didn't see any of them. The Cecil. This is like I think this is the first year I haven't seen an animated movie. I wasn't really into any anything that really. Well, came a lot out. of the screeners that we got are for foreign animated movies. Well, no, I'd be better like any of them, like any of the you know, like inside. I didn't see Inside Out and uh, didn't see the Good Dinosaur, which is picked. You know, I didn't see any of them, well, it's, I, which yeah. is weird. Good si- Dinosaur isn't out on video yet, so I haven't seen it. Uh, Sean the Sheep is in my queue. Uh, the Peanuts movie, I don't know if I'll even ever watch. Yeah, I love the Peanuts, and I was just like, wow, I saw the trailers, and I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever even see it. You mm-hmm. know, it's just one of those. I just like the old cartoons. I like just 
that old part of my childhood, you know, back when I was a little See, kid. See, I wouldn't say that I love the peanuts. I wouldn't say that I hate them. They, you know, they're just. But again, it's, you know, it's the newspaper. You know, you just read three three or four little snippets yeah. and then it's over. And yeah, and it's it's good for a, car, a little cartoon, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas cart, you know, those things. But I don't know about a an hour and a half future. Uh, we'll quickly talk about television since that was part of the thing last night. Uh, best drama series was Mr. Robot. Have you seen this? Mr. Robot is unbelievable. It's way too good for television. I've, I've never seen it. Mr. Robot is. But superb. I have a lot of friends who've seen it. It's and absolutely told me I need to watch it. Yeah. What season are we in? Is it? Just- it's just one. They they've only they, it's eight shows. I think it's eight or nine. It's eight shows. Um, there is massive amounts of cussing. Uh, what networks it on? Or what's it on? USA? And they actually just cut it. They were just, but they just went with it. There was no overdub. It's like you can tell that he says the f word or what? you know the asshole or you know whatever. And um, it's very very intense for television. What is it? Is it a sci fi show? Is it a crime um, show? It's sci fi drama, um, kind of like a dream state ish type of thing. It's a little bit of everything, but it's very, very interesting. It's mm. very, very good. It, it deals with a, a different form of terrorism. Um, it just—it's one of those kind of shows. You, you trust me. You watch episode one, the pilot or whatever, and I would say by the end of it, you know, give it the hour. But by the thirty or forty minutes, if you're not into it, don't watch the rest. Is there a robot in it? Is it a futuristic world? Can't tell you. Okay. No, it's not the futuristic world. It's—it's it's today. But it's uh, really, really, really well made show. We talked about best actor. Better call Saul. Bob Ordenkirker or yeah. was up. Uh, he's fantastic, but he didn't win. Which is weird. Um, yeah, it went to John Hamm, Mad Men, because this was last year they give it to him for Mad Men. Uh, another show that I think people just like because they're filmmakers or whatever, and they're supposed to like Yet it. Yet again, look at the ratings. So I'd never understood any of that. Um, let's see. Actress, eh, whatever. I don't, I, don't care what, watching, I don't care what anybody says. Nobody saw Mad Men. So. Are you watching Penny Dreadful? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Penny Dreadful is pretty It's another show intense. I hear a lot about. It's horror. It's it's yeah. very, very intense. Josh Hartnett and like Eva Green. And um, they they bring out, uh, it's it's shot in uh, London. So it's like mm-hmm. they, they bring out like, you know, Dracula and like the vampires now, and, and Frankenstein. Is, and it's very, very Is Penny intense. Dreadful and Mr. Robot like, uh, very intense along the lines of like Game of Thrones, like that good. I would I would say there's a Game of Thrones uh, is in its own little world. All right, yeah, All right. Game of Thrones, but like each episode of Game of Thrones is a movie. Uh-huh. You know, it's an hour and twenty minutes, and it's so fucking intense and so good that it's like each episode. That's why it's like when they go out and film right. Game of Thrones, it takes six months. Right, where most shows they would probably be done in three or four. Because Game of Thrones is just like it's there's so much going on, right? It's happening. like the the Red Wedding or the the, the red, yeah Red know, Wedding. What, um, that one episode, if you really just just watch that one episode, it's probably in the last ten years of television the best thing that's ever been on. And you just sit there and you're like, holy shit! This that was just one episode. In in a I don't long think you could season. watch it by itself. No, 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 You'd no, have no, no, no investment. No, <laughs> no, but it's just like you watch. I mean, but you watch that and you're like. There's nothing else like this anywhere, and that was a movie. Oh no, no, that was just a TV show. So it's it's, it's, it's but Penny Dreadful is just uh, being a horror fanatic that I am. Being mm-hmm. I love those stories. I love the gothic stuff. They really bring the the gothic um, immortality, um, lots of sex, lots of tons of violence and gore, uh, which is fantastic. Even like the first episode, you're just like boom. Um, I mean, is that season one as well? Uh, they're on. They're going on season three. Hmm. 
Uh, but again, there these seasons aren't like like when I was a kid, seasons were you know twenty episodes and twenty six episodes. Now, like a season like Mission Robots eight and Penny Dreadful, I think is only eleven or twelve or maybe twelve. Yeah, a typical cable show is eight yeah. to ten, and a, a yeah, and network like, show is still you know typically twenty to twenty four. Yeah. yeah, but even then, some of them are shortened, you know. And uh, but yeah, Penny Dreadful is pretty intense. Uh, let's see, comedy. And if, if you. It, it, Knowing Vince really enjoys uh, the naked female body, you really need to see Penny Dreadful. Oh, there's a lot of nudity. Because there's a lot of nudity and sex. But it doesn't go so long that all of a sudden it becomes no, it's not porn. weird. It just, uh, there's certain scenes you're like, oh my God. Wow. That's, oh, hello. Um, pretty, uh, pretty nice. Um, I don't know that we care about any of these other TV shows. I'm, I'm kind of combing the list really quick. Uh, miniseries. Mr. Robot. Christ- oh, Christian Slater's in it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, he won, which um, is pretty neat. Yeah. And it was uh, funny, too. There's there's a nice little story about my family. I'll tie my family back into sitting around uh, the, you know, the table uh, eating dinner and then watching the show. Um, my mom was a principal at a private school, and I didn't really even remember this because you know, I was really young. But the Slater family went to the school. So Christian Slater, Helen Slater, like I had no, I don't even recall because they're a few years older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when you're that age, when you're 10, you don't know that many 12 year olds. You know, my sister's three years older. I knew two of her friends. You know, it's like one of those things. And they were just a couple years older. But Christian Slater was there. Well, Christian his, wasn't famous then, was he? No. The, the family was. The mom, uh, Christian Slater's mom uh, is. She's a. Uh, um, she was a talent agent. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, casting agent. agent and yeah. she was huge. And that's how her kids got into acting. Mm-hmm. And it was like a lot of commercials, a lot of this, a lot of that. But, you know, uh, Supergirl, I mean, she got that role just because the mom, you know, because who they were. Um, but it was kind of neat. You just sit there and like, oh, I had no idea. No, no recollection of any of that kind of stuff. Did not know that, you know, Christian and his brother were there. And that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's pretty interesting every once in a while, you know, your parents uh, throw out some tidbits and you're like, oh, that's cool. Didn't know. Yeah, when they throw out, like, we're not even sure if this is your father. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I do believe I'm switched at birth because I'm you were... so different than my parents or, and my sister. I just sit there and, like... You were five okay. minutes away from being aborted. Oh, <laughs> nice. Thank you, man. Wow. The other the other gems that parents yeah. love to drop no, on they, their they children. No, they never drop those bombs or, or uh, those. It's it's always, you know... You're the, like product, Brian, like you're the product of a gangbang, a coke, yeah, exactly. coke heroin. heroin wow, look at this. Um, that just went on a whole different route. But uh, no, like uh, Brian. Cranston. These are the things that happen in the Roca household. <laughs> yeah, like Brian Cranston. You know, one of those things. It's like my dad's known him forever. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day when Brian just couldn't get a job to you know to literally pay a phone bill, he could not do anything. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, that right now, in like the last ten years, you know, he's he's in everything, and like whatever he's in is pretty damn good. You know, it's pretty weird how that happens, yeah. right? Like he's. Uh, uh, just a throwaway bit character actor that you know nobody has any interest in, and then finally he gets the right part, yeah. and now he's timing. just Hollywood timing. gold. Yeah, timing is everything um, in any in any industry, but when it comes to the public eye, it's like you know when it comes to TV or movies, it's it's timing is always kind of strange. And, and you look at Breaking Bad, and you're like, the ratings weren't huge, but it was like the after, like two million people saw that first season, but then like by the time the second season was around. You know, they were hitting a huge number of people and mm-hmm. there's like a shitload of people bought it and Netflixed it. And, you know, it's ginormous and it's like he has a huge following now. So now it's just kind of like, whoa. And then it's like uh, 
I was just watching Cheers last night, you know, flipping channels around and Cheers was on. And I sit there, I'm like, Razor Crane. It's like he used to be at my house, you know, it's like he used to babysit me and my sister. You know, it's like and for a time there, he literally was the biggest person on television. Yeah. So it was always interesting to sit there and watch, you know, all these award shows and everything. I'm like, Oh yeah, that guy, you know, he made macaroni and cheese and he doesn't know how to make it, you know, and it's like <laughs> I know these things and um last night J. K. Simmons. Uh-huh. Um you, you see him. You know, Flash. He was uh, he was at, at the Golden Globes, and it was his birthday. And unbelievably nice guy. I mean, he's he's just tremendously cool guy. Works all the time. But before Law and Order, if you really think about back then, like in the in the eighties and nineties, he couldn't do anything. Yeah, you yeah, like literally, like he could Cranston. not do anything. Yeah. And now, oh my God, it's just like now TV shows and movies. You know, if he's on it, it's going to be made. Mm-hmm. You know, Whiplash. Had no chance. All of a sudden, J.K. was interested. We're going to make a movie. It wasn't a big budget movie, but we're making the movie because J.K.'s there. And you're like, oh, this guy, yeah. It's like I've been to his house and, you know, at my dad's, you know, at the set. J.K. was always one of those guys. He would be in the corner talking to whoever. And it wasn't like I'm a big movie star and I'm in the, you know, in my, you know, car or I'm going to be late or I'll, I'll do whatever I want. He's actually one of these kind of guys. He actually walks around talking to people on the set and, talking to the crew and going around being really nice to guests. So you just sit there and you're like, that's cool. You know, these, these people don't have to be this way or whatever. But um, it's pretty neat watching these kind of shows. And you see some of these actors, and you're like, oh, I've known these people forever, which is weird. And it is weird. And it's like uh, people ask all the time, is it weird to see your dad on TV? Yeah, sometimes it is. Is it? Yeah. Still, to this day, it's like I watched Police Academy for the first time in years. <laughs> and... Yeah, it's just like, oh my god, you know, I was twelve. Does your dad? I don't, I, I don't watch major crimes. Does your dad have any love interest? Does he ever make out with? Uh... Oh yeah, he was uh, the girl, the 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 milf from uh, the American Pie movies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She was on it. She they, they had a little storyline with her for a couple of shows. So is that weird? That's got to. Oh be yeah, super no, weird. that's always seeing, weird. Seeing yeah. your pop kiss some. Yeah. That's that's always bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Especially even talking about that kind of stuff. It's like if he's talking about dead bodies or making fun of other cops or whatever, it, that's you know that's normal. But right, yeah. Anyway, that was like a little segue, but it's like for the you know for the, at least the TV stuff because most of the TV stuff is like eh, you know for the Golden Globes, you know I we didn't we fast forward through most of it. I didn't really you know none of us really cared, especially when you know John Hamm. You know it's like come on. There's a lot of shows that were nominated that I just I've never even heard. Yeah, of. exactly. Uh, it's not like Modern Family, Big Bang Theory were up for best comedy this year. And even my sister, my sister's like Modern Family. I'm like, no, it's not here. Yep, not Modern which Family. Which is very was there. strange. Big Bang wasn't. But Modern Family wasn't. doesn't do well in Europe. In Modern Family is a very Americanized show, so it's not doing well in other parts of the world. Mm. So it's huge here, and. It's going to take a while to be. I guess a lot places. of these shows are reflective of uh, a lot of cable television, which has yeah. a, a wider spread worldwide, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Netflix. Netflix is now global. Um, how crazy is that? Yeah. Um, Netflix. But at the same time, some things just don't work. Like Big Bang Theory just doesn't work in a lot of places. They don't understand the the 22-year-old mega brain mega nerd. Yeah. They just don't understand that. that kind of stuff. So, so some things just don't really translate. Some things just won't work somewhere else. And not everything can be two broke girls. Exactly. Because everybody <laughs> understands that show. Last night on Family Guy, uh, oh, Jesus. Stewie got a, a part, uh, or well, he got a, a commercial for peanut butter. Mm. And uh, they were having a viewing party at the house. <laughs> 
And uh, Lois said, uh, Stewie's commercial is airing during uh, Two Broke Girls. We're sorry about that. There was absolutely nothing we could do about <laughs> it. And uh, But we're just going to have to watch it to see it. Yep. Yeah, easily the worst fucking show on TV. Uh, one of the first, one of the one of the few shows, I watched the very first episode of Broke, the Two Broke Girls or whatever, and I was actually confused in how this got on the air. Well, Whitney like, Cummings I, and no, 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 no. I, I know the the back the backstory, but you watch it and you're like, there wasn't one thing funny. Not one thing was funny. And I'm like, and this is a comedy. Like a lot of the stuff in Modern Family, I don't particularly find funny. But I don't have kids and right. I don't do most of the stuff that the, so I don't really connect with it. But you know, I watch it with other people or I hear other people and I'm like, oh my god, that's so true. I'm like, okay, it, it connects with certain people. Two broke girls. I'm like, I've been broke before. You know, people, people think because, you know, oh, you have a rich dad or, you know, you have a famous and I'm like, no, there's been times and Michael can, uh, you know, you can get advice, you know, get get stuff from Michael from this. When we were in Texas, I sold vacuum cleaners to live, you know, and I lived on beer and mac and cheese like literally a, for like, like nine Hoover months of my life. A, uh, what kind of vacuum cleaners did you sell? Uh, really expensive ones. I'm not even going to uh, say the na- name brand, but. Um, what the hell is the name of that vacuum cleaner that has so completely fu- not Hoover, Electrolux, whatever Kirby? Um, yeah, Kirby. Yeah. Kirby. Yeah, you, I worked with Kirby. Door to door selling Kirby vacuum. Yes, yeah, I did that for you like could, nine or ten months. You could use it to paint your house. You could get attachments. You to, can get everything for for that. Kirby. And I was like, it was I was like, uh, I actually Cuisinarters three three door three houses in a row. I sold a Kirby vacuum for the full eighteen hundred and twenty nine dollars. Were you? I was, was it like Lucy? Did the door open and you threw dirt on the ground and it was like, <laughs> no, no, me, no, no. Let it me vacuum just, that up for yeah, you. No. You see, it, you know, I didn't. Well, some people do that, but yeah, it was just weird. So you like you just sit there and you're like, I was really broke. I literally had no money, like nothing. Mm-hmm. And I watched the show and I'm like, yeah, no, this doesn't work. Would you it's classify really... that as being your shittiest job? Oh yeah. Selling Kirby's yeah, door to door. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Why? I mean, because you just pound in the pavement and you had to walk door to door and oh yeah, it was just like the, whole, the whole con- the whole concept was weird. Knocking like I don't understand that kind of sales, and I know people do it. You know, for now there had to have been know. some training, right? You went in. No, there was no. Tra- you would go in and go. This is the vacuum; it's going to sell itself, and so we're going to go out to some homes and. You're, you're gonna in here like uh okay. They didn't even give you like a half hour once over of like this is what it does and oh no no they did that you would like you would go out. I mean they handed you an eighteen hundred dollar vacuum. You would go door to door. You would go out You'd with have to... a manager and they would oh, they would that... actually do their whole spiel. Uh huh. And you would watch them for two or three days. And after like a day, I was just like, oh, I could probably do that. So that's the, that was the training. And then what yeah. do they they check out a vacuum cleaner to you that you then have to return? And you're probably financially no, 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 responsible no, no. for. No, it, no, no, no. They would like you know they would like we would go out and you know we would have one that you know it wasn't new obviously, but this is what we would show them. You'd have to. I, I, I'm really, really having like I haven't had a drink in over a year, Vince, and I'm, I really want some vodka now. <laughs> think, thinking about that horrible six or eight months of my life, you did it for six months. Yeah, because that was it. There was like nothing. I was in Abilene. I was in Abilene. I don't know Texas. when you said you sold three in a row. I figured that was it. You no, did it for a no, week. no, no, no. I was in Abilene, Texas, with no money, no nothing, and Michael, isn't that isn't that more depressing to be in Abilene? Texas? Yeah, yeah. Well, that was like. I mean, it was just like a reason to get out of L.A. I was, you know. So you just you God, you're going through a whole different thing now. <laughs> Let's go back to the television shows. You can make a TV show about that year of my life. <laughs> I'm in the I'm in the Literally, worst. I'm in the worst state show. in the country, and I'm in the worst city in that can, state. And yeah. now I will take on the worst job. 
<laughs> I went I went all out. That, there we go. Oh, you're living I, in actually, a rat-infested apartment, too? Actually, Vince, you're putting a good spin on it. No, I was in a room at Michael and Evan's house, and somehow, for those few months, I I would sell whatever to make rent. Whatever vacuum. And I'd, like, I'd go in my room, and I didn't even have a bed. I had a pillow. <laughs> you know, and that we was it. Room, it was just that's like, pretty good. Yeah, but I was just like, I don't want to be in L.A. I don't. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I don't want to go to college. I just want to be, you know, doing whatever. And for a few months there, that, that's what I was doing. Well, so anyway, that's why I did not connect with two broke girls. Like that, that kind of shit just, it didn't make sense. It wasn't funny. It, it was just kind of pathetic. And uh, here it is. I mean, it's, I don't even know what season it is now. Five or <laughs> you know, God, it's just like whatever. And uh, yeah, it's just horrible. It's horrible television. And that's the thing. You go, you look at Game of Thrones, and then you look at Two Broke Girls, and you're like, <laughs> what happens here? What's going on? Thankfully, HBO is not normal you know, TV. They have a whole different you know, crew. But HBO has made some really yeah, they've you know, made shitty shows. Before. But it's, they've never made anything like Two Broke Girls. They've never made, you know, they've never Whitney Cummings is a hilarious comedian. She's great. Uh, her show, Whitney, was fantastic. She got both Whitney and uh, Two Broke Girls on the air at the same time. And... Whitney last. She was working on something else too. So I mean, she was really hot there for a minute. Yeah, she was. She was really yeah. hot for a minute. Uh, uh, Whitney lasted I don't, a season, maybe yeah, I think two. It was a full season. And I thought Whitney, the Whitney show, was fantastic. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, so that kept me watching Two Broke Girls mm. longer than I should have. And I mean, we would we would watch it each week. Going, this shit isn't funny. Mm. This is so fucking. St-. It also had bridged the gap. Like it was yeah, between, it was, it was like bang. between two and a half men yeah. and Big Bang. I, yeah, yeah. It was so an, even it was though we DVR, yeah, we DVR'd yeah. it, we would just be like, yeah. Um, well, at, Whitney, Whitney, and, and I mean, unfortunately for her, it was on NBC, and NBC the last twenty years, they don't know how to promote any of their shows. Yeah, they, Whitney, they yeah. they have no clue. Like whoever's running that that you know that network, I mean, they'll get some good stuff. I mean, they pass on a lot of stuff, and you look at the stuff they pass on, and you're like, really. So you went with this, and you, okay. So they 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 greenlighted some stuff that didn't make any sense, or they just didn't know how to sell it. They just didn't know how to sell Whitney. That was the that was the major problem with that because I think she's pretty funny. Yeah, she's, she's pretty. She's you know she's pretty wacky, and I can't imagine you know. she has anything to do with two broke girls today because no, that no. shit is. Well, I haven't I watched mean, it. I haven't watched I mean, it in years, but that shit was just not funny. Yeah, I mean her name's on it to make money. Obviously, sure, she's a, her, she's but, an EP. She's collecting a check but, and she's collect, collecting a fat check. I mean. And, sitcom money, yeah, is uh, unbelievable. Yeah, you yeah. you can write on a sitcom and never have to work ever again if you're a, like Cheers writer or uh, um, you know any of those shows. Well, t- talking about my Frasier. dad, talking about my dad going back in the day, it's like my dad was on Mash, the last, Simpsons, you know, the last shit. three seasons of Mash, and Alan Alda had basically taken over the show. He he turned into one of the producers, and uh, he was the yes or no person, mm-hmm. and he's an actor, and quite honestly. He never has to work again just because of MASH. Yeah. Totally. And everything else, like all the stuff he does now, which, is, I mean, I think he's a phenomenal actor anyway. He's, you know, but it's Alan Alda. Um, he always plays the same character, but he doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. And you just sit there and only because for about six years of his life, out of a show that was on for about 12 or 12 years or whatever, about, about half of that show, instead of giving him hardcore raises, they gave him more pieces of the pie. And so he was just like, yeah, okay. So I'm still making X amount of per show, but in the long run, I own this show now. And so now it's just, you know, MASH is shown everywhere. 
all That's the time. That's how Harrison 20, Ford becomes the highest paid actor because he gets 24 hours a day, seven days a week, mashes on but television. The, the weirder and, thing is, is Alan Alda is recognizable. Yeah. There's a whole slew of television people. Oh, like, yeah. You, oh, yeah. You go into Hollywood and you go to a restaurant and you're like, don't Who these people work? Yeah. Like, what do these people do? And no, they don't work. No. Like, and you start digging around and you'll find out that like, uh, you know, oh, I was, uh, I was a writer on Power Rangers for, you know, six seasons and I now never have to work again. <laughs> and it's just, or, you know, whatever, those types of creative things. I yeah. produced Power Rangers or uh, Miley Cyrus's movie with that Hannah Montana or t- TV show, Hannah yeah. Montana. And it's just like, yeah, it's definitely some crazy. Disney people and Nickelodeon people because they're repeated forever. Like you can watch Nickelodeon right now and there's going to be – they will have a show on sometime during the week that's probably 15 or 20 years old, 10 years old. And it's like it's constantly right. it's constantly being shown. And just like commercial actors, some commercial actors, they can go out and make two or three commercials a year. And that's – they're fine. Like your movie, Kisses and Caroms, that guy. Uh, yeah. The the lead blonde dude. Oh, Every Drew, once in a while he did, Drew, Reg- works, he did what, Regent Bank and he did a handful of commercials and you're he like – He still works all the time. No, I mean but but from that it was just like – he did one commercial and then boom, he was in a lot of other ones. And it's one of those things. Doesn't really have to work anymore, but you know, obviously you want to. But who wants you don't to work? To. I know. Nah, that's hey, I sold vacuum cleaners. I didn't want to work. <laughs> All righty. So, so anyway, back to back to movies. Uh, back to movies. Um, last night, uh, Golden Globes. Vince didn't miss much. Uh, Ricky Gervais uh, really, really ruthless. Really not too funny. A lot of people giggled. I giggled at a couple of them. I really missed Amy and uh, Tina. I thought they were fabulous the last two years. They were hilarious. I mean, they're just hilarious people anyway. They did the Globes, yeah. not the Emmys? No. I okay. think they did the Emmys once a few yeah. years back, but no. They did because uh, they, they signed on, I think, for two or three, and that was it. Because hmm. it's, it's hard. I mean, that's it's hard work. You know, you're actually on for three hours, and you constantly have to be talking. It's not like, you know. It's not like an SML skit, you know, that's, you know, one you, or two minutes. You, you, if you practice with Aaron Sorkin dialogue, you're oh, able to do Jesus. it. I still don't get Steve Jobs. I don't, I don't understand Steve Jobs, and I still don't understand The Martian. So sometimes you just sit there at certain What do you mean there. you don't understand The Martian? I thought you liked The Martian. No, I do. Uh, oh. But it was up for musical comedy. Oh, I you see. You know, uh, yeah. I don't understand certain award shows. I don't understand certain, you know. And, and it was funny, too, because Matt Damon was there. So since Matt Damon was there, you knew he was going to win. And people kind of go, oh, well, he didn't know. It's like, well, of course he knew. Is the Globes he, one of those you have to be in attendance? Uh, well, win? that's when it comes to contracts and all that kind of shit. But some people were there, and you're like, why were they there? Well, they were, probably, they were under contract. Because there's a lot of award shows that you can, if you're not present, you can't win. Sometimes. You know, yeah. I mean, Sean Penn's had that major problem, and that's why people, for years, people like my father didn't vote for him. Um, or if they voted for him, it was kind of like, mm, well, it was a good performance, but... And then all of a sudden, he made a couple of you know Clint Eastwood movies and Clint and a couple of people talked to him. And his publicist is like, "You have to go to these shows. Mm-hmm. You have to go. You're you're contracted to go." And so even when he won for, uh, you know the the, the sorry, Sam, I de- I, the dog I think just destroyed the set. No, yeah. um, the the book that he you know anyway, Sean Penn won an award, Academy Award. And uh, even his speech, you can tell that he didn't really want to be there. It's not really his thing, but he was under contract. And Golden Globes is definitely like uh, the Emmys. You know, sometimes you just they have to be there, mm-hmm. and sometimes you just you want to be there because there's so many people in the audience. You know, a lot of movies and a lot of TV shows and a lot of uh, pilots and a lot of ideas are thrown around. There's right. a lot of business. Network. You yeah. know, it's a lot of business going on anyway, um, and it's a little bit easier 
to do it there than the Oscars. Oscars, you know, you have your own seat. It's on a table. There's no alcohol. There's no free food. You know, in between commercials, you're not really supposed to stand up and walk around and talk and all that kind of stuff. So the Oscars is a little more, uh, you know, after parties. That's why there's a right. 400 after parties, and that's where there's a lot, you know, a lot of deals are made right there. Right. You know, so and so won a, mo- you know, won a, an Academy Award. He's talking to so and so writer, and boom, you know, six months later, a year later, the movie comes out. You know, that kind of stuff happens. But the Golden Globes is still like that. A lot of people are mingling and networking and doing business. And that's what it is. It's a it's a business event. It's a paid event, you know, which is fine. And that's why it's fun to watch it. You know, it's like somebody's going to say something, something's going to happen, whatever. You know, like people like my sister watch for the clothes. It's like I can't believe she's wearing that. And you're like, who gives? You know, it's like whatever. But obviously, people watch. And, you know, unfortunately, there's no Joan Rivers anymore, so I don't know what the red carpet kind of shows are like anymore. Those used to be kind of fun too. So for the Oscars and the Golden Globes, I don't watch them, but. People people get into like what they're wearing. And I'm like, I don't really give a shit. If I showed up, it would be just like, eh, whatever. Jeans and a t-shirt. <laughs> what I'm wearing right now. I, I would hope you'd put in a little more effort than that. No, nah, I really wouldn't give a shit. All right. Anything else? No, but thank you again. Uh, part two here, uh, day two. Still, uh, still hold, this whole thing is new to me. So, thanks for listening out there. And yeah, I'm Vince Roca, Martin Bailey, and for more on the show, visit getconvinced.com.